Thank you so much, Ari, for that lovely introduction. So how's everybody doing today? Good? I see we got some students here. I actually got a chance to hang out with these guys yesterday, and they are an awesome group of kids here from uh, Delhi uh, in India. Amazing teachers, just an amazing program. So give a round of applause for these guys here. And we talk about the Berkeley kids as well. Thank you for coming here, students. So I want to ask everybody, um, if I could get a show of hands, how many people here have been to Miami before? How many? Oh, we got a lot. Okay, cool. We've got some snowbirds in the house. Go down to Miami. The weather's a little different in Miami than it is here right now, right? So in Miami, there is a neighborhood, right, called Wynwood. And Wynwood is a neighborhood that today um, is incredibly trendy, right? This neighborhood is covered in blocks of artwork. And I mean, there's some big artists coming in there. We have artists like Shepard Ferry. Uh, you have David Cho, who got real famous for doing the Facebook mural. He got paid in stock, and he's worth like $500 million now. Uh, I guess that was a, a really lucky hand he happened to draw there. Um, but anyway, so this neighborhood 20 years ago, right, was a dump. My friend here knows exactly what it was like. It was an absolute dump. It was industrial. You know, they did, uh, you know, sheet metal shops, you know, uh, auto repair shops, auto body shops. You know, it was all fabrication, manufacturing neighborhood, uh, very low income neighborhood surrounding the area. Uh, but a social entrepreneur came into this neighborhood and he decided that he was going to make some changes. He decided that he was going to invest a little bit of money uh, in creativity. And creativity is the crux of everything I do at my company, Grace Innovation. We strive for excellence and creativity. We teach brands how to use creative and content to engage uh, and grow themselves. But I'm talking about on a real practical level. I'm not talking about you know, strategy and theory. I'm talking about how do we actually roll up our sleeves and create content that's gonna increase your engagement 200%, 50%, 30%, whatever that is for your audience. Um, so this social entrepreneur, he took a gamble and he started to bring in uh, you know, artists in Wynwood. And, you know, over the next 20 years after doing that, this neighborhood completely transformed. And it took pressure, and it took time, and it took dedication, you know, and it took the excellence of all these people coming together over that period of time, working as a team to make that happen. And today, uh, you know, you have a Gucci there, you have a Prada, you know, you have a Fendi. So you have these large brands literally knocking down the door to come into this neighborhood, you know, because of what they were able to create there. And I think that's the most important, you know, part of this talk is what can the spark of creativity do not only for your personal brand, but for all of our businesses and humanity as a whole? You know, what can creative expression uh, and creativity do to transform things from a dump into a place where you have, you know, Louis Vuitton handbags being sold, right? So I ask all of you today, you know, with your own personal brands or your businesses, what are you doing that's creative? What is your creative spark? You know, what is your output? Um, you know, and I agree with everything that everybody here said today, you know, the ability to put something out there that's sincere and unique um, is very important, and I totally agree with all that. That's you know, branding 101, it's, it's what you have to do you know, to build your company or your brand. But my question is, you know, do you have the patience to see that through? Do you have the patience to go through six or seven months of doing a podcast 
where you have 14 listeners every, every session, right? Do you have that? Do you have that love? Do you have that creative drive and that passion to do that for your brand? Um, so what are you doing you know, to get your creativity out there for your brand? And you know, what steps are you taking? You know, what kind of creative are you doing? Are you doing video? You know, are you doing graphic design? Are you blogging? Are you doing all three, four, five, six different things? Or do you have skills on Alexa? You know, there's so many things that we can do today. The question is, where do you guys decide to put your energy, right? And, and I understand, not everybody out here today wants to get in front of a camera. You know, the, you know, just as much as the world needs extroverts, the world needs introverts as well. You know, it's a balance here. So how can an introvert, you know, create a brand? How can an introvert create content? You know, and I kind of answered it. You know, if you're not comfortable going on camera, you know, make an ebook. You know, write a blog. Make five ebooks a month. You know, figure out a way to make it happen. There's so many tools uh, at your disposal today. Um, you know, it's crazy to not do it. You know, and and look, creativity doesn't have to be what we typically think of as creatives, right? Creativity doesn't have to be you know painters and musicians and, and videographers. Um, you know, if anybody reads the news, the business news. You know, has anyone heard of the partnership between Amazon and Kohl's? Has anyone heard of that? Kohl's will accept Amazon returns, right, for you. Because we know how horrendous the process of returning things to Amazon can be. Um, you know, that increased Kohl's, you know, uh, store traffic 55%, right? So that's a creative idea that has nothing to do with videography, has nothing to do with painting a painting. That's a business creative idea, you know? Nonetheless, it's, there's still a form of creativity there. Uh, it just manifests in a different way. So I just ask all of you, you know, really take a look at what you're doing for your brand. And if you're serious about building a brand, you know, what are you doing to actually get that brand out there? You know, we can jot things down in our notebooks and, and again, getting all these pointers and you know, pieces of advice is great, but on the day to day, like what are you doing? Is, are you putting a piece of content out every day? And if your answer is no, what about the 60 other people in your space that are doing that? You know, I've created 17 pieces of content since I've been at this, this conference. You know, Instagram story, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, you know, uh, my, my personal, you know, Instagram, branded Instagram. So, you know, the ability to have a mobile phone in your pocket and do things on the fly is an incredible ability. You know, things don't have to be perfect. They just have to, you know, get out there. I mean, nowadays we accept multiple forms of quality, right? Snapchat uh, and Instagram have, have changed what content really is. You know, yeah, we're always gonna have a, a space for the documentary style, the professionally filmed videos, you know, but we accept user-generated content today as a form of content. So I'm just asking you guys to, you know, really take a look at, at the volume that you're putting out there because my company, when we come in and we work with a large brand or a large retailer, we're literally, you know, for a campaign of women uh, 20 to 25 uh, who have an interest in home decor, we're releasing 60 pieces of creative just for that ad campaign. Then there's 25 to 30, 30 to 35, 35 to 40. You're talking about thousands of pieces of creative on the internet. That's what the big brands are doing. That's what the Dunkin' Donuts are doing. That's what the Reeboks are doing. You know, that's what these companies are literally doing every day. And when you can create that much content and put that much creative out there, you can start to actually look at the metrics of what out of that creative works best for your brand. You know, which video is somebody watching 80% of? Which video is somebody watching 10% of? Okay, like we need to take that 10% video and shut that one off and put our ad spend or our budget or our time organically into the one that people are watching 80% of because they're getting some value out of that. 
So all this, you know, marketing and branding and all that, you need to create content because it, it does it for you while you're sleeping. You know, I heard uh, uh, Peter Shankman today say that he likes to sleep, you know, um, which I think is great. I like sleeping too. But there's things that you can do online that can work for you while you're sleeping. And one of those is content and creative. So if you're putting out a video every day, if you're putting out a blog every day, if you're putting out a podcast once a week, these posts, you can schedule them, you can have an intern do them, whatever, it doesn't matter. These posts are working for you while you're sleeping, you know, and that's the whole point there. And they live on the internet. It's not like TV where you watch something on Wednesday at nine o'clock and if you missed it, you missed it. No, you put something up on YouTube with some hashtags there, you put something up on Instagram, you put something up on LinkedIn, it lives there. So if someone sees it two months, three months from now, you're still able to retain uh, an audience. So I, I, I ask, definitely create content and create as much content as you possibly personally can, either with your personal brand or with your business. You know, figure out a way to make it happen. Like when I come into the office, the first thing I do with my team is from 10 to 10, I'm sorry, from 8.30 to 10.30, all we do is work on our content. You know, and we get that out, we get that on the internet, it's very streamlined, it's very efficient. And then 10.30 to five in the afternoon, six o'clock is all, you know, is all client work. You know, and, and it has to be like that every day. That's the discipline and that's the focus that we know no matter what, no matter what fires are happening or what emergencies are happening, um, we need to stay dedicated to that because it grows our brand. I was able to take my LinkedIn profile from you know, about 20 to 30 views a day to over 300 just by releasing organic content every day and connecting with like-minded individuals. You know? And then taking those emails from LinkedIn exporting them and running a retargeting list on Facebook and Instagram and Google. Um, so you hit them where they, you know, you hit them on, on all fronts. But the most important thing to any content campaign is that you're providing value, right? So everybody here has a unique experience in business and with their brand and with their lives. And you know, the most important thing is that you somehow with that content and that creative, you have to give value. You can't be self-promotional people just won't pay attention to you today. There is way too much going on, way too much content out there, video, that people can be accessing at any time. Whatever you're putting out there has to be powerful, but it has to be valuable. Now, value can come in many forms. Value can come in the form of entertainment. You know, if you're funny, if you're putting something funny out there. Like we took 150 bucks and we put up a meme of Robert Redford with a big beard you know, wrote some funny text on it and pushed it out towards an audience on Facebook that had an interest in the beard and mustache world championships, right? <laughs> that post reached 108,000 people for $150. It was almost unreal. And, and that's the power that context and culture has. So you have to understand also the context and the culture of your specific audience or tribe, right? So my beard meme is not gonna work for her company of women's fragrances. You know, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna have that, vir that viral capacity. It could smell good. It could smell good. You know, maybe we could start a collaboration, you know, or something like that. But, um, but the point is you have to understand the context and the culture. You know, if you're looking to reach the Wall Street, you know, financial group, um, you wouldn't use similar content that, would, that you would use to reach like the hip hop community. So understand, the context and the culture of what you're doing. You know, don't run you know, ads for um, you know, sports and uh, you know, like sports and you know, muscle car enthusiasts. 
you know, to somebody who's into like wine and you know lives in zip codes possibly that are you know, in Beverly Hills or whatever. Not to say that they're not into it, but we're, we're talking about the likeliness of targeting large amounts of people, right? That's what, we're talk that's what we're talking about. So you have to go with something that people are gonna grab and they're gonna basically create virally for you. That's how you get your advertising dollars when you're creating shows or you're creating, you know, brands to stretch further. You have to understand the context and the culture of your audience. Um, and then you have to, you have to online build that audience. You know, like I was saying, if you're not getting the type of numbers that you want to see in the beginning, 15, 20, you know, listens on your podcast, 50, 100, you have to give it time and you have to be smart about building an audience. And that's why we deploy video so much uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, because when we use video, we can actually put those people uh, into an audience that we can retarget with. You know, so I've done content with Ari you know, before where we will build a piece of content together and deploy that towards entrepreneurs and then we can follow up and retarget them with when he's doing an IBM webinar. You know, so you have to build that audience. So in the beginning of your, you know, brand building or whatever stage you're at, um, put things in place that build an audience. You know, be able to retarget those people in three months from now with something new. Uh, that's one of the most important things. And then I just want to end really quickly with saying, you know, always keep an eye on the future with your business and your brand, right? The people today that are starting to blog are way behind. You know, you have to be uh, always keeping an eye on what's coming next. You know, I would definitely look into voice technology for your brand, uh, you know, become an authority there, look into artificial intelligence and how that's going to affect your brand. You know, could an AI platform uh, based on someone's likes or dislikes or interests or fashion trends that they're into predict a fragrance for her brand. You know, you know, these types of things are coming. AR is coming where I can, you know, put my phone at the wall and I can see the beams in the wall where I need to nail a stud. You know, these, all this stuff is coming. I know it's scary. <laughs> Virtual reality, you know, my grandkids are going to be running around uh, basically like in, in some other reality somewhere you know, playing video games. Um, but somebody has to be the ads in those video games, right? Somebody's gonna be the, the ad on the billboard there. So it should be your brands. Um, so I'd like to just end with a quick, uh, do I have a minute for uh, any questions or anything like that? If anybody has two questions, um, you know, I'm very proficient in the technical aspects. So just feel free to fire away. Okay, yeah. Well, right or wrong would be subjective to my culture, you know, my upbringing, lots of things. But I think at the end of the day, it's inevitable, right? Whether it's right or wrong, it's coming. You know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Amazon's put many businesses out, right? It, we couldn't stop it. It just happened. So, you know, when AI, you know, puts somebody out of a job, it's going to force that person to go find another one where their skills might be a little bit more appreciated. You know, I think that that's a big problem that we're going to see. But at the same time, you know, I mean, the people who are actually thought leaders in that are talking about universal wages. I'm sure if you've researched it, you'll see Elon Musk and everybody's talking about that. If AI does that, we need to introduce a universal wage. But I think that the, the machines that are going to you know, produce um, algorithms and, and artificial intelligence that's going to help people, you know, move on from their job. That's a nice way of putting it. I think it's going to allow that person to possibly 
do something that their heart is actually into, right? Let's say you're working in a warehouse. Uh, I'm sure there's not many people out there that absolutely love working in a warehouse. So I like to look at the positive side of things that maybe if that person you know, has to move on from that job because AI replaces them, maybe that's when they'll actually go out and start that digital marketing agency they wanted to do or write that book they've always wanted to write or make that film that they've always had you know, the ambition to make that they couldn't make because they were stuck paying the bills at that job. So at the end of the day, whether it's right or wrong, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna land on that. I'm gonna tell you though that it's gonna be inevitable. Adapted to it? I, th I think it, it would be smart to go out as a young student and taste as many things as possible. You know, try a lot of things right now while you're young so that you can find something that you're passionate about that's in demand in the world. Just as much as AI is going to come and take people's jobs, it's also going to create jobs for people who need to work on the AI. So it, it's all a balance. You know, life has a way of balancing things. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anyone else? Exactly. Do you think that they would think you would click on a little magic box and a package would arrive two days later? <laughs> you know, they would they would think it was magic two hundred years ago. It would be magic, literally. So. Just a quick question: What's organic content? Sure. Like, what are the different types of content? What defines so, yeah, organic content. would be like content that like you build a community and then you push content out to that community. Whereas paid, you're going to pay to access other profiles and, and people's pages that are not in your community. So let's say on Facebook, you know, your Facebook business page has built up a thousand likes. You're going to be able to push organic content to those thousand people or, or some of those thousand people uh, at any given point in time. So organic is just building communities, you know, whereas paid is using ads to reach targeted communities. Just time for one more. Serve the people. <laughs> yeah, real, quick. Uh, real quick, real quick. I love your shirt, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Just keeping it real, you know. <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask you, how do you wait creativity? And the reason I'm asking that is because we see in this age that we're living right now, both as a young man, as a young person, and I see the older generation who's ahead of me too. It seems like creativity. Yeah, exactly. It is. How do you rate it? You said. So how do you personally, Michael? I mean, that's again, that's subjective to the performance of that creative, right? Like if you're making something from your heart, then it really doesn't matter how that does, right? Like if you put out a blog that is really something you feel about an issue that you support, it doesn't matter who responds to it because you did it from your heart. Now, if you're working for a business or a brand, you would use analytics to rate that creative. You know, did it reach X amount of people? Was it two cents versus five cents per view? Did 80% of people watch it? So you'd rate it on the relevancy of the audience you're targeting with that creative. You know? And you can do that, you can see all the metrics on all the social media platforms. All right, thanks so much, appreciate it.